of an incredible legend draws near. I'm moving back and forth through time. The past, the present, and the future are about to collide. We are defenseless. And the fate of all mankind depends on one man. All hands brace for impact. Goodbye, Jean-Luc. All good things must come to an end. On the spectacular two-hour final episode of Star Trek The Next Generation. Hello, and welcome to The Best of Both Worlds, a Star Trek Picard podcast. This week on our first episode, we will be discussing the last episode of Star Trek The Next Generation, All Good Things, which celebrates its 25th anniversary. My name is Ethan, and I'm joined by... Kevin. And we are very excited to move on from Discovery, sort of. Sort of. begin discussing another Star Trek show. Right. So, but we'll also be kind of offering up some uh, speculation because there's still very little about the show that we uh, do not know about. True, we have the official. We know, excuse me, we know very little on this show. We are a week ahead, I think, of uh, Comic Con, where we, I assume, some more info is going to be dropped. Hopefully, a trailer, and then hopefully even a release date. But yes, um, but this is the first of the second um, of our. Uh, Podcasts. So, um, we do also have a Twilight Zone podcast. We do, we do, we do. No one um, wants. <laughs> not listeners. Is that a crack at me? No, not listeners. It's <laughs> podcast services don't want it. Oh, yes. We yes, don't yes. know why. We're very confused. But um, anyway, we'll figure it out. We'll for another We'll time. figure it out. Um, so, sort of a little bit of housekeeping for us. So, because this is the first episode of a new podcast, um, all of the episodes of this show will be featured in our discovery uh podcast feed yes so, so it won't be its own separate thing they'll be within the same podcast feed. yeah so we went out on a limb and assumed that anyone that watches discovery and listens to a podcast about it mm-hmm. is not going to be frustrated and annoyed that they start getting a picard podcast also right because um, we don't want to you know, overuse our feed People no. subscribe and they well, we like the keep, show. We, we want to keep the feed fresh. Think of our feed like CBS All Access. We want new Star Trek on there all the time. Yes. Right. That's it. And so we are kind of paralleling them. We'll have better producers. Mm. Um, and then the only thing that's different um, aside from Discovery's, um, the feed as far as that's concerned, is the we did set up a separate Twitter account for this. So it is on Twitter at Picard's Doggo is what I call it. Because I love that dog in that poster. We better hope that the dog plays a prominent role, or that Twitter's so. not going to make much sense. I hope so. So, um, before we get into the speculation, because we can speculate, you know, endlessly. We've done it on Discovery. Um, so the first thing to discuss is the 25th anniversary of All Good Things. Um, I don't think we'll get many people disagree that it is Trek's best series finale, um, and. You know, some would probably say maybe prefer DS9s, but I, I, my opinion, it's the best series finale in the entire franchise. Yeah. Um, yeah, you get no dispute here. And I think one of the best final episodes ever written. You'll also get no dispute here. Yeah. 
thinking about it compared to some so, other great shows that had great finales. I think that um, but this is one thing I was thinking of it in comparison to mm-hmm. was the original series crew goodbye in the last oh on real, country yes yeah yeah and I think that that it's. I'm talking only the moments at the end of that film and at the end of this. I think they are actually both really effectively give you that closure where you feel like right. the adventure continues. Right. You know, and it feels nice. Like, everybody's together. Right. The mood is light. No, agreed. I mean, even though it is a final episode, something... It, it, the sort of tropes of the final episodes, like, there's always some big, like, what, event that changes their lives, right? Like, you know, this person... You know, is going off to this like the, basically the family breaks up usually in a in a series finale, right? Wouldn't you agree? That's generally what happens in a lot of shows, but in this one, that's not the case. And I think, you know, because don't forget, at this point, we knew that there was a film coming, so it's not like you could have really right. But but what a film it was. Well, I mean, what I was telling you earlier today was that. Um, my friend Tom and I were talking about this episode a long time ago and we were saying that um, he was like, you know, it's a great finale. And he's like, but you get the sense of like, it's not over for the crew, but it's over for us, the viewers. Yeah. Which I think is a really good way of putting it. Yeah. Yeah. Here's the thing I think it does incredibly well Mm. and is a tricky thing to pull off and maybe only in Star Trek you can do it, is that I think what we always want to know and... The reason that I think people, shows have reunion shows, because they're like, oh, I want to know what those characters are up to. 20 years later, what are they up to? Mm -hmm. We get to see that in this. Like, they give us the, here's what they would be doing 25 years later. So we kind of get everything. We get to go back to the first episode. Mm -hmm. We get to end off things with this crew together that we love. Mm -hmm. And we get to satisfy that. Oh, I wonder what it would be like. Which is why the Picard show is interesting because now the Picard show is going to do for real the thing that they just. But what I what I also think is really interesting about this finale is that it does a really good job of tying it back to the first episode. Yeah. Um, Deep Space Nine does a little of that, but not really because the 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 concept of the show changed over time, right? but Next Gen did not. And so I love the fact that it so goes right back to Encounter at Five Point. And it's just basically, it feels very, it feels very bookended. The, fin- the premiere episode and the finale. Yeah. First episode and, and the finale. It feels very, very bookended to me. It also emphasizes what I think is one of the main ideas of the show is Picard and his relationship with the crew. Mm-hmm. Because you get to see it, I guess, at like its pinnacle in the present. You get to see it when it's brand new, yep. Encounter at Farpoint, mm-hmm. and then you get to even see the loyalty they still have for him later. But it's all about him, like, and the, the trust that the crew has in him at each point. Even right. the first, even in the, the past, where, you know, I'm surprised anybody listened to him at a point. Well, because even when, he, when you're in the future, right, even though the crew is not together anymore, he still knows to go to them. He still is... He still knows that they are capable. Yeah, and they know they he knows that do. they will have his back. Even right. if he sounds like he's out of his mind, they'll give him the benefit of the doubt for right. at least a little while. Yeah, exactly. And thankfully, Data is there always to, you know, take his ramblings and say, well, actually, right. 
Data's like one of the only ones who's not like dismissive of him. All of them are like, oh, you're just becoming this cynical right. man. You're crazy, right? Right. And I bet Data, being Data, probably doesn't have the biases against old people. You know, he's able mm-hmm. to hear it as what it is, whereas right. everyone else thinks, oh, he's an old man walking around in his bathrobe. Although so as a he was young, when he was as young. a finale, I mean, what do you think it does? What do you think it does best? I think the thing it does best is that. Um, so do you want to talk about that techno bevel? Yeah, yes. later though. Yes, yeah. So I think the best things that it does is that it gives us such a good sense of closure. Yep. And you get, I think the future is, is the coolest part, honestly, mm-hmm. because you always want to know what's going to happen. No, I know it was a not the same timeline. Right. So I think a lot of things. First off, that's on that level, and that's kind of like the emotional level of like, oh, this is a crew we love. We love the relationships. Mm-hmm. But the other part of it is the whole broad story is really interesting too. Yeah. Because Q is seeing if Picard can handle reasoning outside of humans' ability to perceive time. Mm-hmm. So I think it's clear that he's testing him for some sort of future as a in the Q continuum or something, right? Um, and it's neat because it is a very difficult thing. Humans, obviously, we think of time as linear, so it took yep. a lot for him to start to think outside of that. Yep. So I think the puzzle of it was great. So everything was good. Even the mystery puzzle was good. This episode is, is <clears throat> and also if you go back and watch all of the Q episodes of Next Generation, this what happens in this episode is really alluded to in all those other episodes. So, you know, because every time Q shows up, Picard almost invariably says to him, oh, you know, when you first, when we first encountered you, you put us on trial for the crimes of humanity. You held us responsible for the crimes of humanity. And Q would always say, you know, the jury's still out on that. Mm, right. So it's yeah, almost like... The, yeah, the test is never over, Picard. Right. But I don't think anybody ever thought, like, is this building to something eventually? But that's kind of what this finale delivers on. It did seem to, because it definitely yeah. didn't... Did you get that also that he seemed to hint? Mm-hmm. What's in store for you? Right. Blah, blah, blah. Because... Most of the time. I mean, sometimes Q just came to irritate the hell out of them. But Yeah, just to fuck with them, basically. I think that aside from the finale and then even in the first episode, one of the best times that Q really is about like testing them and saying, like, oh, you're just not ready, is when... Is that... Is the second season episode Q Who when he throws them in the path of that... It's when they first encounter the Borg and they, he throws them right in front of oh, the Borg. Yes. And he's, he's telling them, like... You, know, you people are so arrogant. You have no idea what's waiting for you out there. Mm-hmm. And he, and he did, as he says, he just speeds up the encounter. Like, he this was going to happen up the at some encounter, point. But at the, at the same time, I mean, even though some people on the ship were lost, and you know, it could be perceived that Q did a horrible thing. What he really did was he helped them because the Borg were coming. Yeah, no, they had and more if they didn't know, warning. if they didn't know, then who the hell knows what would have happened? So, even though I think. So it's always difficult for me to say, like, is Q a villain? Like, maybe he seems a little villainous, but he's not, he's doing it, he's really doing it, I think, doing things like that to help them out. And I think he's operating on a level where our morality doesn't right. play into his existence at all. He's, he's no. a very different, he's operating a very different and he experience. operates and he operates very differently when he when he visits Cisco on Deep Space Nine, and then when he visits Janeway on Voyager. It's not about... You know, he's got a very different relationship with Picard than those two yeah. two captains. Yeah. He only visited Cisco once. Cisco punched him in the face and he never came back. 
Right. I think one thing we're going to have to talk about in speculation is, will we see Q? Because it would be really weird not to. I think it would be insane. But I don't know that we will. I, I don't. So, I think we will eventually. How can you not? I know. Q is, I mean, you'll appreciate this, I think. Picard is Bruce Wayne. Q is his Joker. <laughs> like that's honestly how I've always viewed it. Q is Picard's Joker in my, yeah, in my opinion. I can see that. Q, and Q is yeah. Q is a little more logical than the Joker, but yeah, I get it. I think just in terms of the relationship between them, like yes. he's just his his ultimate foe. Yes. Um, you know, some would argue Khan was Kirk's, but I would actually say the Klingons were more like that. But um, Kirk was his own. Yeah, he was. Um, so, yeah. So, yeah, in terms of what what I love about All Good Things is that I remember watching it shortly after it aired. Cause what, I, what I recall from back then was, I do remember the night that it aired. I was little, but I do remember it. And I was staying at my grandparents' house. And I called my dad, who was home. And I was like, you know, Dad, Dad, the last episode of Star Trek Next Gen's on tonight. Can you tape it for me? And to this day, I'm still surprised he was able to do that because my dad doesn't even. I'm surprised. My dad doesn't even know how to turn off, turn on a friggin' TV half the time. But somehow he was able to go out to the video store, buy a blank tape, get home, record it. So I and I still have that tape wow. from the night that it aired. Commercials and everything. Commercials and everything. Oh man, why are two, we not watching that two, before we do this? Because I don't have a VCR. I don't have it with me, though. That's the thing. Okay. Um, two episodes there that night. The one right before it, Preemptive Strike, and then the finale. So there was, there was three hours of Next Gen. Wow. When did that weird that documentary night? thing air that's on Netflix after? Oh, Journey's End? Um, I think maybe like the week before or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Before or after or something. Just a way to get like one more. Yeah. But also at the time, like, you know, my fandom at the time was very limited because I wasn't... I was... Even though Next Gen was ending, I was, like, very slowly getting into it. Because I was still, as little as I was, I was still like, no, who the, who the hell's Picard? Like, Kirk. <laughs> who, the, who the hell's this guy? And, you know, I didn't watch Deep Space Nine at all. At that point, Deep Space Nine was in, was concluding its second season. Voyager was coming. Right. And a movie was coming on. This is And this is often quoted by Brandon Braga, who worked on Trek, that that was probably the most, almost most chaotic time behind the scenes because you had a series ending you had another series ending a season you had a new series coming and you had a movie and i mean nowadays when you look at like marvel that's nothing but right and that's why i always say trek was sort of the original mcu in that sense when you look at all the different productions going on at the same time they definitely did yeah they definitely did more than anybody else so next gen ended in may of 94 and voyager came in january of 95 and generations came out in november of 94 yeah yeah so, and DS9's second, third season began that fall. So you had, like, this, it was a very, yeah, I mean, it was a, a crazy, crazy time. There was all this new Trek just coming left and right. And, yeah, I think it doesn't um, get enough credit. It's kind of like now. what it did. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, I, I watched it, and I, the thing that really got me about it, that it still gets me today, is I, lo- I just really latched onto the idea that there were, that there was this episode with it that was taking place in three different timelines. Yeah. For some reason, I just thought that was so, so cool. And I just, I often don't think that Next Gen gets enough credit in terms of introducing all these really wild and crazy science fiction concepts. That when all these other shows or movies do it, I'm like, oh, I'm like, oh I saw that 
like fucking Voyager did that or Next Gen did that yeah. like so long ago like you know yeah and it was so well done I mean right. when they were when he first showed up to take command of the Enterprise mm-hmm. I mean that scene looked spot on well, what was cool about it was that you know that was all that was sort of like a that was like a bonus scene for the pilot you know you didn't see that in the pilot that right. was not a scene in the pilot at all but yeah. yes that took place before Troy Troy could pull off so well both right time periods you did know? you Pretty love impressive the, and then Tashi I was there obviously mm-hmm. how do, I actually want to ask you about this how do you like the fact that when they they're focused on the timeline in the past Riker isn't there. You only see him on a monitor because, like, poor Riker couldn't pull off young Riker. He didn't let himself go. Well, and so, and I, and I actually didn't know about this until recently. I was always like, "What is that? Like deleted scenes from him on the monitor?" But it's just like it's just reused footage from like a some random episode. I think yeah. from like I think it's from the the Ars- I want to say sorry, I'm in a squeaky chair. I think it's from uh, the Arsenal of Freedom from season yeah. one. I think yeah. the funniest thing though was future Riker. Right, man, he looked like a mess. He did. He did, he did. not age well at all. Mm-mm. No, but for some reason I thought you'd laugh at that. Like they just, yeah, <laughs> yeah. They probably chose that time specifically. Like, no, it's got to be before because Frank's like, like, I can't or I don't want to shave my beard or something like that. Like, like even if he did, he would. He's so bloated compared to that. Oh yeah, he's yeah. So young and thin, right? <laughs> but you got to hand it to Troy. She pulled it off very yeah. well. Yeah, Worf. Well. Worf looked a little different in the first season than he did. Later on, so yeah. that you know, he still looked like modern, yeah, then yeah. modern Worf. But now, here's yeah. one thing that I have to ask you because I have not watched the last season in a long time. Yeah, it opens up with Troy and Worf. Is that an ongoing thing? That no, we're that was up? that was only so a, that was just crammed in there. That was a freak thing in that episode. Okay, yeah. really weird. Voyager does something similar with Chakotay. Seemed a little bit awkward. Yeah, I mean, obviously it was. It was supposed to be awkward. It was funny because Worf, of yeah. course, is awkward. He's not a good dater. I'm pretty sure it is. I don't think very it's, stimulating. I don't think it's, that was yeah. funny. That was funny. Well, and Marina Sirtis and Michael Dorn like joke at conventions now. Like that was they're like, yeah, I don't know what was going on with that, but like I don't know why that was done. <laughs> yeah, and then um, but then we have that storyline for the love triangle because she's dead, and then in the future, Riker right. has clearly drank himself into a bloated mess. So it's a it's a and fascinating man. But side story. I think also that you can't underestimate the impact that this episode has because I was telling you earlier today that um, Kevin Feige, who is what is he, the CEO of Marvel Studios? No, he's a chief creative officer, I believe. But he oversees the films, yeah. He oversees right? the career. Like he is a huge it. Trek fan, and he has cited like all good things as being. A big inspiration for Avengers um, Endgame. Which makes so much sense because they visit the first Avengers film. They visit all these other time periods. So it gives right. it this sense of closure. Right. And it's also, it's kind of the same thing of Voyager's finale, which is also called Endgame. <laughs> so I have a feeling he probably didn't steal the episode but and the, the diff- episode name and the plot. But the difference between Voyagers and Next Gen is that Next Gen is going to Next Gen went to a specific episode in the past. Mm-hmm. Went to the pilot. In Endgame, they go back to Avengers in, from 2012, which I thought was pretty was pretty awesome. It was, and it was kind of like yeah. um you know, it also reminds me of like, you know, Back to the Future Part 2 when you see the first movie from a different perspective. Yeah. Which you know, sometimes I think maybe did did all good things maybe take from that as well, but yeah. Right. That so was I have to admit, in Endgame, done Endgame review, but Endgame, I feel like got confused, and I don't think they. 
but but, the, but again, I didn't know that till after I saw it, and that was also a case of me seeing Endgame. Like I'm like, oh, pff, I've seen Trek do storylines like this before. Like, <laughs> right, right. What, what the hell even is this? Yeah, but even yeah. for Trek at that point, like I noticed it with the characters. I even made a note here is it's really funny that at a point when Picard first tells the crew, like I'm moving through the past, the present, and the future, and everybody's kind of like, all right, it's not even a big deal to anyone. They're sort of they right. just roll with it right. because. It's pretty commonplace for what I think is the Enterprise solely missing from this episode, though, which I think could have made the plot. Which I think could have had so many, so many layers to the plot. I wish Guinan was there. Oh yeah, because she has this, like she was a key player in yesterday's Enterprise, and she was detecting. She could tell like yeah. time had changed Didn't and whatnot. She just left the show by that point. I don't think she's in seasons. I think she's in like one episode in season seven, and it's her Maybe last Sister one. Act three. <laughs> Probably more two. I don't know. Um, that, so, yeah, that is too bad. She was. Oh yeah, she was always good at that. Yeah. Kinda. So I feel like she could have been that very. But they kind of made up for that with generations in a way too. Hmm. But um, <laughs> I don't think that's ever been said before. Oh no, don't worry. They made up for it with generations. But using Guinan, yeah. But even or then, just anything. But has been made up for. What's crazy? That. What I think is really crazy is that uh, Ron Moore. And Brennan Praga wrote this finale as well as writing the first movie, Generations. And they wrote them right. pretty much at the same time, which I think is just and you can see where they put their insane their best writing. And on the comments on the commentary track for Generations, which and I don't think Generations is if I could just say off to the side of the I don't think it's that bad. Um, I've honestly not seen it since I started the theater. So. It definitely could have been more, but I think, you know. But they did say like in the commentary, it's a great commentary because they're very, very um, direct with in uh, all their thoughts, but they said when we finished it, we wrote all good things and we wrote generations. And then Brennan Braga was like, you know, I really think that all good things is better. Like this should be the this should be the movie. And I think yes, it could have been a great movie, but it, it to me it would have been a little bit disjointed. Just like no, that needs to end the t- to me. And I think because so much time has passed, I've just sort of settled into this feeling. But it really concludes the series really well and i think it definitely does i think the movie you bring kirk in it's like this big event right puts him on the cover of time magazine right yeah and if they had here's the thing right so if they had flipped it and put kirk in the last episode they would have done an enterprise to it Mm -hmm. where they would have stolen the thunder of the show by bringing in another crew in the final episode that's that that is that's yeah that's very true which is a bad idea Excuse our squeaky, my squeaky chair yeah, is very old too. Um, so um, yeah, speaking of endings, so there's a show that I really love called Six Feet Under, mm. and in this show, uh, it's an HBO show from like ten years ago, yep. fifteen years ago now. But you come I to know this family and all these characters. But what happens in the last episode is you get to see every one of them dying because mm-hmm. so much of the show had to do with dying because the family lives in a funeral home. Right, but. Uh, you know, they have the age makeup and whatnot, but it's neat because you get to see them in the future and where their lives turned up. And um, yeah. So that's what this reminded me of, getting to see everyone 25 yeah. years in the future mm-hmm. old. But I think it's very satisfying. Right. Um, for me, as far as series finales go, I mean, I can't think of very many series finales I like, but... This is so. As I said in the intro, I think it's. I definitely, I definitely feel like it's Trek's best series finale, and I think it's one of the best series finales ever written. It is my second favorite series finale of all time. What's your first? 
Yep, she will not be surprised when I tell you this. I think the best series finale of all time is, um, what? Go ahead. I think it's Newhart. Nah, I was told, <laughs> figured you were going to say that. <laughs> really? Yeah. I just. It is surprising. I think I just think it's I think yeah. it's I think it's brilliant. So, it is anyway, but only they, they that's something that could only have been done once. No one can ever do one of those right goofy endings again. Right. They, yeah. Okay. Right. Um, as long as you concede that, and don't forget, like you said, that I'm not that old. No, <laughs> he's not Nick, that old. It's just his. This is Nick at night. TV knowledge is yeah. weird. Um, so <laughs> before we move on oh, to uh, the next, this, oh. I'll just throw this in, but. Uh, Julie and I were when we were watching the next um, season of Stranger Things. This goes to tell you all listeners a little bit about Kevin. Um, it's at you know whatever eighty six or eighty seven or whatever. But mm-hmm. they mentioned like watching something on TV, and I said if Kevin was here, we could find out if that show was actually on that night and what was on before it and after. Do you remember, what, do you remember the line? I don't. All right. Um, okay. Well, can I actually jump off that for a second, please? <laughs> So in the first episode, so I remember watching the first episode of Stranger Things, which is 1983, right? And I think the first episode begins with them down in the cellar playing Dungeons and Dragons, mm-hmm. right? So a few minutes in, they're like, all right, boys, you got to go home. Go, whatever. So they're coming up, and on the TV is Knight Rider. Mm-hmm. So I looked at that, and I was like, okay, it's an evening, <laughs> Knight Rider's on. So that means it is Sunday night, and that TV is tuned to NBC. <laughs> yep. Yep, and only coming to Mike, watch shows on Mike drop, Mike drop. Well, even like when in that season, when like at one point, like they're watching the thing on TV. I'm like eighty three. I'm like that came on eighty two. Like, could that be on TV already? I'm like, I don't think <laughs> right, so. Yeah, I don't see a VCR tucked away in there. I'm like, I don't yeah. think that. Yeah. Anyway. Oh, one um, other thing though, you mentioned Ron Moore. Yeah. So I thought it was very interesting that so the episode ends after the Q weirdness with uh, the poker game. Yep. When he comes in and he says, you know, he lets down his kind of, I am Captain Jean-Luc Picard. Yeah. He plays poker with them and has a... should have done this a long time ago, yeah. 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 Um, the thing that I thought was interesting is Ron Moore, obviously creator of Battlestar Galactica. And if mm-hmm. I'm not mistaken, the first scene, or at least one of the first couple of scenes, is a poker game where Starbuck... Oh, she gets in the fight. Yeah, gets yeah, in the fist totally. fight. So yeah. I thought that was interesting. I think, and I've always felt that BSG had a bit of a DS9 feel, which he wrote on. You know, I think the whole yeah. Cylon paranoia was similar to the found, you know, to the changeling paranoia on DS9. Yeah. Um, so before we move on to the speculation, right. I want you to, I mean, if you have more notes, but I want you to at least discuss this technobabble thing that you so desperately wanted to bring up. Okay. Because you were like, I don't want to talk about Discovery, but... I do want to talk about Discovery. You do want to talk about Discovery. <laughs> So, so it, yeah. Okay, go ahead. Set it up. Set no, it up. I was gonna. I was gonna set it up by saying, I know that the last episode we did, we kind of. I don't. Do I want to say trashed season two? I don't want to say. No, that's we, kind of we, expressed we, we expressed our criticisms, ex- criticisms in a and respectful right? and very detailed. I want and to animated way. I want to, you know, can I just want to continue to say that we're not. We don't. We're not at a point where we don't dis- where we just dislike Discovery, which is not the no, case. No, no, no. We're just, we're, to see next season. We were just kind of disappointed in the way things. Once we kind of poked all these holes through, we were just like, "Yeah, this doesn't really make any sense." But, yeah, I think if anyone yeah. listens to all of our podcasts, we don't unconditionally love things just because right. Star Trek. Has I think we're very fair. Up. If you listen to all of yeah. our podcasts, there are episodes that we've. I mean, I would say overall, we've liked most of it. Right. right. So that that last half of the second season that really. 
it's just stuck in our craw. Right. But it but even checking other online sources, we it doesn't seem like we are alone in that. Right. In that. And we're so, certainly not haters. Right. So um, anyway, so I just want to set that up. So what is it that you want to discuss techno babble Lee related? So here's the thing. I think okay. Next Generation does techno babble better than any show that's ever existed. Mm-hmm. And here's why. Okay. Because they sit down yep. together and they talk it out. They work it out together. Every mm-hmm. character contributing a little bit. Mm-hmm. And they usually have one character or a couple that don't quite get it so they ask questions that the audience might ask and then right. the other characters clarify for them yep. so for me a great little sequence it starts off when um during one of the great transitions we just watched it remember yep. how great it was when he switches from time periods yep so um this is when crusher scans him and yep. realizes that he has accumulated three days worth of memories in two minutes mm-hmm. so right there we get sort of the confirmation from the show. Yes, this is really happening. Right. He's not going crazy. They checked it out. Then the very next scene, they're mm-hmm. in his um, conference room. Yep. What's it really called? The Observation Lounge. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay, they're in the Observation Lounge. <laughs> <laughs> that wasn't his ready room. That was the Observation Lounge. Right. Yeah. Um, and they're talking through it. So he's trying. Picard's trying to figure out is what he does in the past mm-hmm. having an effect on the the future or the present. Yeah. So we asked Troy and Troy says, no, Yeah, he's not altering time. Yes. Yep. And then data says, Oh, it seems that you're, you're, you do in the past is not affecting the present. So like they're, 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 they're figuring out, they're and workshop- laying out they're the workshopping rules. it. They're workshopping it. Yes. Basically. They're laying yes. out the rules of what is happening. Right. And so that they understand it. And more importantly that we understand it because right. the thing that's been happening to us in discovery is a character walks into a room Mm-hmm. Said something is true, and then everyone springs into action and it does what but acts I think, as if it were true. And I think when, so it's like, okay, we got this. Then, then, but there's still that lingering question. And then yes. Beverly comes in and goes, but how is that related to blah, blah, blah? Yes. Right? If I was on Discovery and they're doing the whole thing with control, yeah. And then Pike says, when they're like, oh, what happens when, uh, if control gets all of the sphere data, and then Pike says, it'll gain sentience. Me as the, remember I said this in the room, I'm like, me as the room, I'm like, okay, but how though? Right, there had to be another character there to say, how how would it gain sentience? And I'm like, well, we just, we looked at, it's almost like, blah, blah, you just, blah. it needed to be just given one more sheen of, you know, yes. And or when, Spock walks in, this is the one I always go back to, and says how there's a second angel, and it's Michael. Right. When we didn't even know there was a second angel. Right. Or like when Tilly... And how does he know there's a second angel? How does he know it's Michael? Or when Tilly finds out that the angel is Michael, but it's like, you had all that info for so long, how are you just finding this out now? Yes, and how is it that there's no discussion? Right. And there were no questions leading up to it. So there wasn't someone before saying, wait a minute, but if there were this many signals and she did that many, why was this other one? Let me me at least say this. Now, this is not me being an apologist for Discovery not being able to do that as well. But keep in mind, you're comparing the second season of a show, Discovery, to the seventh season of Next Generation. Right? Because you have to figure by then. Like, I think a more fair comparison would be how is next gen faring with this at the same point in time of the show's production that discovery is 
I'll only push back in that saying that TV is very different now. TV is very different now, but also don't forget the people who are who are doing this on Next Generation. Mm-hmm. They're also the the writers who sort of like came up with this lingo of talking. They were sort of inventing this as they were going. Oh, all the nonsense, the techno babble. Yeah. Well, yeah. Um, Everybody makes up techno babble. But you're all, we're also you know we're also only citing one example from Next Gen. Like I'd want to I'd want to kind of look more carefully at the other ones because I've you know yeah, but this is something I've but this but for a while. this is a good example though. Like it's not a bad example. Yeah. It's a yeah, good like imagine example. if you're saying like this is this is it at its best. Yes. Imagine yes. if if. Time crystals, like if someone, if they had a little conversation about how the hell time crystals were, right. maybe we would have went along with it a little bit more. Because it's the thing I've noticed is right. there's nothing more absurd about the technology and discovery than in Next Generation. But for some reason in Next Generation, I always buy it. And in Discovery, I'm always, or not always, but recently I think, I've been a little... I think the thing with not quite Discovery sure. in that sense, like, you know, you cite the time crystal example. Even when they first used, time crystals go as far back as magic to make the sanest man go mad when Mud was using yeah. it. Remember that? And, like, when he's like, oh, I'm using time crystals, I remember laughing. I'm just like, oh, what the fuck is a time crystal? But I realized to myself, like, I'm like, you know, it almost doesn't matter what it is because that's not the that's not the point of this. Oh, I know. You know what I mean? And anti-time is yeah. not the point of this. Correct. But somehow they didn't make me sit there and say, anti-time, that's bullshit. I, <laughs> I don't know how they did it. Well, I know how they did it, actually. Right. They, they wrote it. And had the characters explain it enough that I yeah, went yeah. along with it. No, I, I I get it. It's yeah, but I I, I agree, up to a point. I mm. you know we are cite again, we're citing probably discovery at its worst against Nick with Technobabel, with Next Gen at its best. Right, like I, yeah. I in other words. I can't I see what you mean. I can't think of any times in the first season of Discovery where the Technobabel was like, well, what the. You know, like yeah. at least nothing stood out to me, right? Because that well, was yeah, no situation stood out to me. I don't. I yeah, where it was a problem. Well, there was a little bit more about the mycelial web. I wanted to know that you wanted to know, but it wasn't like did it. But was it hurting your perception of things? I was able to roll with it. Okay. <laughs> well, again, you know, let's hope that they kind of have their act together by the time yeah. season three comes. Because also, don't forget, I mean, you had the constant shift in writing, you had the shift in showrunners, so if they can finally sort of get things rolling this season, you know, because Next Gen struggled at the same time, this with the same thing. You know, everyone talks about how great as a series Next Gen is, but people don't like to discuss the first two seasons. Especially not the first season. Everyone kind of agrees that season three is when the show really began to, yeah. to pick up. So, yeah, that's true. Yeah, but in all fairness, though, you're saying that Discovery could learn from that. I think Discovery could learn yeah. specifically from. You want to write that for Discovery? Scene. Do your homework and watch. Everyone should yeah. watch that scene, and, and they should. Yeah, I think when you text me, you call it like a master class. Yeah, it was a master class in how to have yeah crazy techno babble happen mm. but have it make sense but yeah you're right i mean these people these writers i mean i don't know yeah. if they had new writers of last season or what but i mean they were probably at the top of their game for writing star trek right? next for years next gen went through the exact same issues as discovery did in its first two seasons the constant shift in writers showrunners the same way executive producers like it it all went through the exact same thing every every trek series i have yeah. to say has to 
has that moment. Right. Where but next gen that. had the added problem of Roddenberry poking his head in, right? Right. Yeah. Or problem or um, not problem. So before we go on to speculation. I mean, do you have any more points you want to bring up? Ah, uh, yes, okay. I do. Uh, Picard with his robe open, fantastic. <laughs> um, um, let's see. Picard really enjoying running around the ship in his bare feet. Vineyard, but they were actually outside. It looked like the vineyard. Yeah, they were in a real vineyard, right? They were. Okay. Because yeah. at one point the sky looked weird, and I thought, "Whoa, did they actually have?" You a first. They probably had a. They may have had a map painting as well, but you also yeah. we visited that same vineyard. I think it was the same vineyard in uh, season four, family. Yeah. When you first oh, see it. Um, something this is going to lead into the um, speculation, but Picard yep. and uh, Crusher. Yep. Exes, right? Married. Yep. Yeah, in season seven, it was. I mean, well, for most of the series, it was hinted that that could be the case, and there was a um, episode in season seven where they were uh, tied together mentally, and so they were able to hear each other's thoughts. So, yeah. yeah, I thought that was very fun exchanges between them. And fans, there's so many shippers out there who just want to see, who want yeah. to see them together. So, and many people that want him to be Wesley's dad, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, I really like Data saying, uh, "What is the etymology of that idiom?" Because I swear I've said that exact thing to people before. It's also interesting to see how far Data had come from the finale, from the first episode to the end, because like the way he's speaking to O'Brien at that point with that line. He didn't do much of later on because he's like he just he had evolved so much at that point that he wasn't like, no, what is the etymology of that idiom? Or like, yeah, you know, that's true. He was able to figure it out. But yeah, language really fascinated him. If you weren't being literal, he didn't get it. Right. Um, Yorktown. They're still using the name Yorktown, really. You also commented to me in text that you really like the U.S.'s Pasteur. Yeah, but let me talk about Yorktown for a moment. Okay. Right? So Yorktown is famous because remind me when they're using Yorktown. When do they use it? Um, I don't know. Oh, when they're in Old Man Riker time, they mentioned the Yorktown. So, the, so the Yorktown as a name was actually the when the original right. series was being pitched. That was going to be the original name of the Enterprise. Yes, but yeah. here's the weird thing, right? The only reason you would use it in Yorktown is because that's where the British surrendered to the to the um, you know Revolutionary Americans. Army of yeah. America. Yeah. It just seems weird that given the you know movement in relations between countries, well, and I just think still be rubbing that in their face. I just think, of years later. I just think historically it's just, you know. I think it's a little rubbing in the face. But it's a location. Yeah, but it's it's a town in, like, New Jersey. I mean, nobody else gives a crap about Yorktown except for that. Well, in the 21st century, maybe not. Maybe in the 24th. Maybe. There's, don't forget, in the 24th century, we're so evolved, nobody cares. Yes, but the USS Pasteur is the dopest ship Louis Pasteur. that I have seen in so Star Trek. what's cool about that ship is... It's actually based on, it's just a very similar design with an early 22nd century starship called the Daedalus class, which looks, which is a very similar, like, doesn't have a saucer section, has a sphere instead. Yeah. So it does a very similar kind of look to it. Yeah, but it also yeah. has uh, a, a very similar look to the Discovery, it's called, surprisingly, in uh, 2001. Mm-hmm. And I texted you a picture. I made a little collage of the two of them next to each that. other. Yeah. Actually, we'll tweet that out. Um, yeah, but I forgot that the ship was called the Discovery that. in um, in two thousand one. So yeah, that's fun. Um, other notes. And the Discovery is in Nemesis, by the way. I think there, oh, there was another Discovery. Well, there's a moment. I think it was either in Nemesis or there's a point in Next Generation where you see this like roster of ships, and USS Discovery is listed as one of them. I mean, it's not exactly an original name, so yeah. Um, I loved the scene between Old Worf and Picard when Worf was getting him to mm. go along with their plan. Yep. 
and he was using his honor, and they started yelling at each other. Yep. That was fantastic. I mean, I've said it before. First Contact had that scene, had a scene like that, that echoed that moment, I thought. Did it? Yeah. Um, I I love Patrick Stewart as an actor. He's so mm-hmm. good. He can turn anything good. He's one of the people I could listen to him read oh, yeah. his grocery list, and I just enjoy it. So... Overall, before we begin and get into the Picard speculation, I, you know, I'm I'm curious, what do you think is sort of the kind of lasting impact of Next Generation? I mean, I think, well, maybe impact. I'm not maybe this is the right word to use. What where I'm going with this is when you really stop and think about it for a minute, like okay. when you go back to, I mean, I know, you know. Apologies, you, you're a little bit older than I am, so you said you have memories of when that show first came on the air. Yep. Sort of, right? Yep. You have to think to yourself, like, what that show managed to accomplish. Like, first of all, it's like, it's a new Trek show. I'm going back to when it premiered in 87. It's a new Trek show. doesn't have Kirk, Spock, and McCoy. What the, you know, wait, what? has new characters. Who's this, who is this English guy? What is the, you know? And then, not only did it, Oh, there's a Klingon on the Enterprise. Right. And so, not only does it have to either live up to the hype of the original series, it lives up to it, it surpasses it, it runs longer than the original series, and arguably became the most, sorry, and arguably became the most popular of all of the Trek spinoffs. Like, I would even argue more popular than the original show. Oh, totally. Let me tell you why. Let me explain it. Yeah. To you. All right. Here's a, a little story. So... When um, I first went to college, mm. I took a class, um, philosophy through science fiction literature. Okay. And it was a Monday, Wednesday, Friday class. Every Friday, we would watch an episode of Star Trek The Next Generation and discuss it. Mm. This is when it was new. Ah, right? uh, no. Or this was in the late, this was in the early... Late 90s, early 2000s. Oh, so it was already off the air. It was already point. off the air for a while. I'm sorry. I'm, I apologize. Hmm. Sorry. I, adv- I advanced <laughs> your age. I, yeah, I advanced your age quite a bit. Sorry. <laughs> I in college in 1987. Sorry about that. Um, you were like 10, I think, right? Yeah. I was exactly 10. Um, so, like, here's a show. You could have been show. a Doogie Hauser for all I know. Prodigy for all <laughs> well, I know. If only. Yeah. If only. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. I mean, a show that can work on that level. Yeah. I think, like, we enjoy Discovery, but nobody's going to be watching Discovery in philosophy classes in 20 years. No, because Discovery is the sixth show in a long line of... I don't think that's why. I think it's just the, well, the no, ideas but, are not there. Though. Well, no, no, no. But the, the whatever impact Discovery has, it's just kind of diminished by the shows that came before it in some ways. Well... Uh, the shows that came before it... Well, what I mean is that, like, I don't think that there's... The fertile, rich ideas in Discovery to to uh, justify watching it in a, yeah in a philosophy that. class. Mm. Like I think it is just an enjoyable show. Yep. Like it got you into you know how TV was where it was like you went to a TV show because you wanted to see the characters that you know and love right. like Cheers right yeah. everybody knows your name mm-hmm. and filmed it, on the same lot by the way. The Paramount. Actually, I'm sorry to interrupt you. Denise yeah. Crosby at one of these documentaries said that the craft services on Next Gen was so bad, she used to go to the cheer set and steal food. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. Sorry um, to cut you off. Yeah, there. no. no so, I think, like, it had that going for it. Mm. Like, I love these characters. Whenever there's an episode, you settle in, you get that nice feeling. Like, ah, oh, yeah, I'm with these people. They're right. great. Um, 
But also, you had these stories that, of course, sometimes very silly, but would deal with usually mm. like interesting ideas of ethics or philosophy or right. physics or whatever. Right. So I think that's not an easy thing to do. To make an entertaining no. show that also grabs and I think that interesting ideas. When you go back and I mean, Roddenberry obviously did create this show, but I think when you go back and this this came up when Discovery was announced and was coming, people were hating it. And then, you remember this? Everyone brought up the whole like there was an article that was came out in eighty seven that listed the characters for next gen, and people even hated it then, right? And actually, even when we were watching the DS9 documentary, remember they were doing the oh, yeah, reading of the things? Similar, similar reactions. In yeah. fact, I think on the Trek BBS where I post, I don't remember where the thread was. I, you know, I'm just thinking of this now. I should have brought this up. Somebody actually, br- Google has archived like internet bulletin board conversations from the time, from when that show was on first coming on Next Gen. But people just, hating on the show horribly and saying like, you know, who the fuck is this bald captain? This data guy is a complete ripoff of Spock. Like what is he, what even is this? And you know, yeah. So, and even when you look at the early episodes, like the second episode, yeah, the first episode, the second episode of the show is called the naked. Now it's a, it's, it, it's a remake of the naked time from the original series. Yeah. Remake or sequel, but it's the same thing. Yeah. Then you had another episode called Where No One Has Gone Before, even though it was a different plot, and a similar title to Where No Man Has Gone Before. And so it's sort of like, okay, is this show just remaking up now? Is it just now remaking episodes of the original series now? Like, you know, what is going on? Right. So I think that I think that once the show really began to find its footing, it just really kind of took off. And I and I have always said that, you know, season three, I think fans more or less agree that that's kind of when the show began to take off. Because that season you had Yesterday's Enterprise, you had the season finale, The Best of Both Worlds, <laughs> where Picard was assimilated by the Borg. Mm-hmm. And I have always said, as good, and Yesterday's Enterprise is a great episode, don't get me wrong, but I have always said that the season finale, Best of Both Worlds, when Picard's assimilated and he's looking at them on the view screen and, and, and Riker says, Mr. Worf, fire, and then it just smash cuts to To Be Continued, I kept saying to myself... That is the exact, to me, that's the exact moment when this show stepped out of the shadow of the original series and became the superior show. Makes sense. Like, that that was the exact, because up until then, I feel like it was just kind of like, because you still had original series movies coming out. You had Star Trek V came out when Next Gen was in its second season. Four had come out the year before the first season did. And so... It was kind of like, yeah, there's that other Trek show over there with the other characters, but Kirk and Spock, they're all still here, so we're still kind of... And I've always said that that moment, Best of Both Worlds, was... That was it. And then, you know, and that's when, even then, season four, TOS didn't get a season four. First Trek show to get to 100 episodes. Like, it was just this gradual thing. And then it just became... Yeah, it just became the superior show. And I'm telling you, I can't tell you the amount of people I've met over the years who were just not... Trek fans at all, but for some reason they can just they gravitate and they will watch Next Generation, you know, anytime. They can easily get into Next Generation. They just can't watch the other shows for some reason. Oh yeah. I don't I know mean, I don't know what it is about Next Gen. I think also that appeals the to the non Trek fan. Compared to T V T V today, if you get into a show, it's like um Yeah. It's a disinvestment of time because it's this long narrative. But mm-hmm. Next Generation, like once you get the 
rules of the world and know the characters. Yeah. You just check in for 50 minutes and you watch a story and then you check out, you know? And like, it's even, nice that way. Even during the show's run, I've often wondered, because halfway into season six, that's when Deep Space Nine came out, right? And, you know, Roddenberry died in the middle of the show's run. He died, like, in the beginning of, I think it was the fourth or fifth season. Actually. I think it was fifth season. So, you know, the question up to that point was, can you do another Star Trek without Kirk, Spock, McCoy, and the original crew and the original Enterprise? And Next Generation yeah. clearly proved that you could. Totally. So then you have Deep Space Nine coming. But, like, when Next Generation was proven to be a success, I, it always... I've always wondered, did anybody ever think, can they, can they do this again? Will it, could, could, could we get another show? Right? Like, I've always wondered if that was ever, like, ever on anybody's minds. Because right. I feel like Probably it was already kind right. of a franchise at that point. But by the time DS9 came around, it was like, okay, next gen proves that you can continue to do it. You can do a show without the original crew. DS9 and DS9 proves that you still can. And then... I've, o- I've often said that I felt that DS9 was really the one that secured it to say, yep, now we can just easily do other yeah, shows. Right. Next Generation was sort of like a test, like, can we do it? And then, yeah. yep, but we can. Certainly okay, the bring on DS9. Bring there was on no reason to on... expect that yeah. after Next Generation that they would start all these other shows also. That's what I mean. Like, you know, I can see if did people anybody ever think like, that maybe, yeah. Maybe just have a Star Trek show, like, you know, then you go off or then you have another one. You know, just like, oh, maybe we can just keep, like, a Star Trek show set on the but Enterprise even, going for Even during, even midway into Next Generation's run, don't forget, there was no Trek series yet that was, like, there was no Trek that was, like, over yet. Because, I mean, yeah, the original series, but the original cast was still coming out with movies. Nothing was final yet until Undiscovered Country. That was the last movie for the original crew. And then you're like... Until it wasn't. Well... But it was. I mean, I know Kirk appeared, but they weren't all in. It wasn't an original series-focused film. That was why. Another reason. Six comes out. Star Trek Six comes out. Next Generation's in its fifth season. And, you know, no, I don't think anybody knew how long that show was going to run for. Ends up running for seven seasons. I don't think that was set in stone just yet. I don't think think anybody was even thinking, at least fans, is the show going to be ending anytime soon? Who knows? But after Six comes out, then I'm sure fans are thinking... Well, it seems likely that the next movie will probably feature the next generation cast, right? Yeah. I mean, and Kirk even so much as says it in the in the in his final log entry that he says that this ship will shortly become the care of another crew, and then then he ends it by saying boldly going where no man, where no one, because that was when that next gen modified that where no one has gone before. Mm. So it was like, yeah, he was basically. Handing it off to Kirk got me tooed and he realized he had to yeah. change his language. So yeah, I, I, I that was a low joke. I apologize. I often feel like the impact of the next generation was really kind of at least in the beginning of what it had or hadn't gotten going for it. I think sometimes I feel like it's sometimes under it's underestimated. Yeah, that I show know. had a lot to do and it accomplished a lot. I know for me, and I, I've told you that the first time I remember crying while watching a movie was when Spock died. Yeah. But when I first saw Next Generation, it was immediately my Star Trek. Yeah. Immediately. I fell right. in love with it immediately. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but I, you know, I was very young when I, when I was 10 when it started. So, yeah. 
And I think the the impact of that show, yeah, it proved it. So you had Deep Space Nine coming, then you had Voyager after that, then you had Enterprise, but... It had th- a miniature th- like theme park. I think in Las Vegas. I, I mean, would that's actually. Crazy. You know, I'm just going to throw this out there. Maybe you know people will disagree, but I kind of feel like the reason why maybe those shows, Deep Space Nine, Voyager, and Enterprise, any, Im- I feel like if any impact they made is diminished, I feel like it's just it's just time. Like if Next Gen ended, and then the next show, DS Nine, didn't come for like ten years. Mm. That's like a whole generation in between, almost. So, yeah. Um, so it's kind of like, Next Gen is this person's track, but then you have like DS9 and Voyager kind of like in the middle of it all complicating things, right? So, yeah. Yeah, and, but, and certainly they don't enjoy the same hmm. legacy. They don't. Um, Which is interesting because I have, like you said, there are people that I have friends that don't, care about Star Trek except they'll watch Next Generation. Yeah, it's it's very it's And very I'll say to them, me. like knowing them, like I know them, they would actually probably like, you enjoy know there's more, right? Yeah. And they would probably enjoy Deep Space Nine more just because right. of the things they like, but it's just kind of like, like some of them yeah, act like just, Next Generation's the only one there. It's like you know there are other ones yeah, too, yeah. right? Yeah. And the weird thing is, I'm sorry I'm going on too long. The next gen people I've met, they're like, yeah, I don't even watch the next gen movies. Just the show. I'm like what? Well I get that. But you have at least one good one in there. Well, that's first contact. I mean, well, it, but if you like the show, maybe that's not the good one. If you like the show, maybe it's um. But the point is, the they one just, with the hologram people. They just don't watch the movies for some reason. They're like, yeah, I know, but yeah, but I'm telling you, right? So this goes back to what I said about how I watched it in my philosophy. They treat class. action like it's an island. But like I watched it in my philosophy yeah. class, right? You can't watch the movies in a philosophy class, like. There's right. Tra- next gen. That's assuming people watch it for that re- for those reasons. Though. Well, I'm not saying everyone does. But I'm yeah. saying, or that's the only reason. But that's an element. I think. Hmm. I mean, I think the fact that you it there's a good chance that it's going to make you think about something right surprising or in a way that you hadn't thought about it before hmm. is a big draw. Yeah. Like remember yeah, we, how excited we were when Discovery. Um, New Eden, and they were debating ethical issues, and we were like, oh, like, yes, this is the Star Trek we want. We're like, we've missed this. Yes, I mean, that's, yeah, that's... We'll that's, give us more of this. That's almost every episode. Of that's kind of why the episode left of that I didn't really like, because I was like, oh, I really wanted to yes. do more of that. But And now, yeah. this might be rose-colored glasses, because I haven't done a total rewatch, but I feel like most of the time, you're getting some interesting idea to wrestle with in Next Gen. Mm. Like, they're not all... Yeah. Obviously, is data a real? Is data a real person? He's on trial for that. Does he have the rights? The that's the, yeah. That's one of the greatest episodes. Season two, and that was one we watched. Often regarded as one of the greatest in class. episodes. So I've even heard people say it's the best episode. But I, yeah. I think there's a strong case to be made. So um, let's. So we've definitely got on a bit of a longer than I hoped anticipated in talking about next gen, but that's fine. So we have to talk about. Um, well, speculations, what we hope to see with um, Picard. So, um, yeah, so I think there's two ways we can approach it. We can go with analyzing the evidence we've been provided so far, which is a poster and a trailer. That's and kind a, of fuel speculation. And, yeah. a, and a screenshot of him wearing black, which doesn't help us at all. Mm-hmm. Or we can just wildly speculate. I'll still be wearing black at that age. Um, well, here's what we know so far. Okay. That 
Because the show is being kept heavily under wraps. And we know the title of the show, which I'm a little... I'm not a fan of, strangely enough. And, and here's why. First of all, the title is quite a departure from all these other titles that these shows have had. And Trek has never been really good at coming up with titles. But, like, <laughs> the show, before it was announced as Star Trek Picard, it just... We were, everybody was calling it that. The Picard yeah. show, the Picard show. And then... Finally, when they announced it, was like, nope, that's not the name, or like, that's, you know, and then when the name comes out, it's like, oh, okay, that's it. Yeah, I, I mean, mean, you, it maybe you could have still continued to call it Next Generation, but. Are they that worried that people aren't going to know what it's about? <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, so, whatever, but I'll st- I'm going to watch it. I know, it, it is kind of weird. Yeah, it is. Um, but. It's always named after the setting, aside from the first two shows. Yeah, and it's like, uh, I hope it's going to be, you know, and Discovery an ensemble has a little, cast with right. some kind of a crew or something. And Discovery, has, a, even though it's the ship, it has a little bit more meaning to yeah, that. Yeah, what are going to call that? Uh, Star Trek Michael. <laughs> Star Trek Burnham. Oh, but you would watch Star Trek Cisco. Don't get me wrong. No, don't stop. Oh, well, yeah, of course. Anybody would. Anybody would. The Cisco. I would watch so, actual actor um, Cisco doing anything. All right. And then... So the trailer is interesting because you had that person narrating. Yes, you had the which person you narrating. Had, which you were, which, which you here's what it down. sounds like to me. Well, first off, some said that sounds like Michael Burnham narrating that, but I'm like, it's not that. That's wild. Yeah. Um, so we get the vineyard, yeah, which is great because that's the only thing they have to work off of of what should be happening in the future or yep. should quote unquote. Now yeah. we have to assume they're not going to go with all the other stuff, right? Amniotic syndrome that mm-hmm. he had. He was an ambassador. The, not like, a, the future of next gen is not actually right. the case. Yeah. Maybe, maybe not. But the vineyard's the same. He's well, right. Um, By the way, little little uh, little uh, trivia. Mm-hmm. In the first episode of Discovery, Giorgio had a bottle of Chateau Picard in her ready room. That's awesome. Yeah. I don't think it was visible on screen, but she had they had one. That's great. Mm-hmm. Um, interestingly, too, there are like drone uh, agriculture things. Yep. There were none of those in. Um, they stopped using them and they became popular again. All good things. That um, we didn't see. Yes. So we the whole we didn't see it doesn't exist oh, yeah, that's conversation. No, nope. they didn't have drones that would water your plants. It didn't happen. Nope, they didn't have wine because we, we never saw Picard's Vineyard before. So well, they never actually had wine. We did, though. We talked about it anyway. Yeah. All right, so we have someone that says, years ago, you led us out of the darkness. Mm-hmm. You led the greatest rescue like that ever happened. So I have a theory on what that is. What did that cost you? Mm. Did it cost you your faith in us, in yourself? Tell us, why did you leave Starfleet, Admiral? Now, it sounds like it's uh, being questioned by someone, us. I think. So I assume that's someone from Starfleet. No. Go ahead. Well, I'm not, I'm not saying no as a matter of fact. <laughs> um, I think that person talking uh-huh. is a Romulan. Okay. I think this whole thing that... that oh, he rescues people said, from Rom. I think what happened is... Because they factor in that the events of the 2009 film, the destruction of Romulus, which does take place in the prime timeline. Should everyone, you run through that real quick? Everyone freaked out, right? Um, Should you explain that? Romulus was destroyed the timeline by... timeline thing? Should you explain it? Uh, well, I can as I go. So... Okay. 
So Romulus, everybody remembers that Romulus was destroyed in the 2009 Abrams film. But that scene where they see the destruction of Romulus takes place in the Prime Timeline. The Prime Timeline, as a reminder, is the original series, Next Generation, Deep Space Nine, so the Voyager, the non-Abrams con- Discovery. I'm, yeah. I'm sorry to tell you, hey, this Discovery is Prime Timeline. Enterprise, um, Enterprise yeah. isn't following either one of those because it happened after that. So, uh, or before that, excuse me. So it's also Prime. Well, it's both because the oh yeah yeah because yeah. I got it, I got so it. Spock tried to stop the supernova from consuming Romulus, but he was too late. He tried to use red matter to create a black hole to you know right. So, so he, created all... the, he created the black hole, but he was too late and still destroyed Romulus. But the, so Sp- the Narada, which is the villain of the film, the ship of the villain of the film, Nero ship, gets pulled into the black hole. As does Spock. The Narada goes in first. Spock follows a few minutes later. The Narada gets thrown back over a hundred years in time, and winds up in the path of the USS Kelvin, and attacks it. Kills and this is the ship that Kirk's parents were on. Yep. They attack it. He attacks it and destroys it. At this point, now, the alternate an alternate timeline has been created. Okay. The timeline has split. So this is after, long after Enterprise. So Enterprise, yeah. they share the same timeline of events. Yep. So right? the interesting thing... And then Spock follows in shortly after that. Yeah. So the thing that is tough for people is to recognize that part of... It's people thinking they don't know the lore. People no, no, thinking no. they know the lore and they don't know it. Well, but if you think of it as like the Abrams timeline, it's easy to forget that part of the Abrams film right. takes place not in the Abrams timeline. Right. So based on that little monologue that we have from that... Who I think is Romulan. I think what happened. This is my. This is the theory I've been wrestling with and I've been posting online. Okay. I think that Picard led a rescue task force to try to evacuate Romulus before the supernova consumed it, and I feel like something happened that caused him to blink, and as a result, he was not able to. Like something happened. I mean, the plan still got think destroyed. He screwed yes. up a little bit. So he may have screwed something up. Right, or he blinked. Something happened, and it cost the lives of all those Romulans. Right, and also don't forget, from his point of view, if that's what happened, not only did he cost the lives of all these Romulans, mm-hmm. but Spock has, from as far as he's concerned, has either gone missing or died as well. Oh uh, yeah. Okay, and, I hope and that's also not don't it. forget because Picard is also, if you go back and think of next, very rarely did stuff like that. I can't even think of a moment where that stuff like that happened to Picard. He was always very good at what he did. I can't think of one. You know what I mean? Okay. Well, he did, but he did. He did when he became Locutus, though. He did have all that guilt. But that was beyond his control. Yeah. Yeah, but when, so wait. When did he really have set? A, when did he suffer a setback? Yeah. Did he ever suffer a setback? I can't think of any. As that would be huge. What about Yar? Well, I mean, no. I wouldn't, no, I wouldn't say that. But, okay. Also, though, that could be the nature of TV at the time. <laughs> Let's put it this way. Maybe no gigantic yeah. setbacks. But it's the nature of TV at the time, too. If he did suffer a setback, he would be fine by the beginning of the exactly. episode. Exactly, yes. But. That's why okay. it's hard to remember. <laughs> <laughs> right. I think. So, okay, so he hadn't suffered a setback. So here he is. But that's right? my. That's He's Johnny kind of... on the spot. He always wins. He always succeeds. And he fails. Mm-hmm. And that. He can't handle it, you're saying. So he says, that's it, I'm done. I'm going to grow grapes and make wine. 
Well, he's also an admiral at this point, too, don't forget. Right, um, but he says no more admiral. Right. So, I think... That's my... Okay. Do you think he might have been an ambassador to Rom- Romulus? Maybe. That would fit with the ambassador thing. I don't know how he's an admiral. Because also, don't forget, when... Here's the other thing. When... Nemesis, after, at the end of Nemesis, the Romulans were the main antagonists in Nemesis. When that movie was ending, though, Riker did say to Picard as he was leaving, apparently the Romulans are now interested in talking. Mm. There were always adversaries, and now maybe... So, yeah. whatever happened in the prime timeline between Nemesis and then the destruction of Romulus, yeah. the Romulans could have been could have become their allies between that. You know, Alright, so here's what it is. They become allies. Picard is in bat... Ambassador to Romulus. As an admiral? Oh, yeah. So he becomes admiral, and then he becomes ambassador to Romulus because he has that special connection. Even if he is an ambassador to Romulus, it would tie into a alternate future that was shown in Next Generation. But here's the fun he thing, right? Ambassador. Here's the fun thing, right? <laughs> yeah. So he's he's ambassador, but I don't know if this is really how it would work, but then once Romulan Empire is destroyed, mm. he reverts back to being admiral, which is why they're calling him admiral here because there's no Romulan for him to be the ambassador to. I mean, I don't, I don't think every Romulan was exterminated. I mean, the Romulans have multiple planets, right? It's just the, their home world, well, yeah, Romulans. their empire. Right. Wasn't the whole empire wiped out or much of, like, their surrounding planets? There's not enough can, canon information for that. It's just, as far as we know, it's Romulus and I think maybe even Remus. I'm not sure. Okay. Yeah. In the non-canon books, the Romulans have settled on one of their other planets in their system. All right. Well, that makes sense. So what is he doing? It's an empire. So, so it's what a, gets an, him out an of... An empire doesn't consist of just two planets. So what gets him out of his um, hump? That, that's... I don't know. That's what I hope to find out on the show. Okay. I, I mean, that makes... He's all guilty sense. and he got a dog to help ease the burden. Did he? That makes sense. So I have a lot to say about the dog. <laughs> Well, hold on, though. Before I... Okay. Do you have any theories on what that could be? No. From what I said? No. I mean, what you said sounds good because I hadn't thought of anything else. Hmm. I mean, your faith in us. Who's the us? You say it's a... Ron- I think it might be... Could be Romulus. Starfleet. Maybe. Oh, imagine this. Imagine he's trying to do the rescue and he gets orders from Starfleet to, like, stand down or something. Maybe. And he follows them. Or... And when, that's why he loses his faith in them. Or when he says us, that could maybe even tie into your whole Ambassador Romulus. Doesn't want anything to do with them after that because he failed them. I couldn't see Picard doing You've that. lost your face in faith in us. I couldn't Romulus. see Picard doing that. No, no way. Because it's not their uh, fault. Uh, I think it's going to be Starfleet, and I think he lost his faith in Starfleet. And I think... So t- going on yours, I do think that hmm. Starfleet somehow will screw the pooch on the rescue. And he'll have to suffer the guilt of it, even though it's not. It's going to be interesting to us for us to listen to this episode like a year from now and see how right or yeah. wrong we were. Because I went back and listened to our season two speculation discovery, and man, way off. Well, not way off, but like, yeah, yeah. I mean, I thought the the Red Angels would last two or three episodes. <laughs> right, you did. <laughs> you let us out of the darkness. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So who would they have let out of the darkness, other than Romulans? <laughs> or maybe maybe he helped the the remaining Romulans settle on a new world. So there was like in the Darkest Tower and he helped them. But then why would he lose faith in them? I wonder. Do they return to their adversarial stance? Don't know. Interesting. Hmm. It's going to be very interesting to see what the state of things are at that point. Yeah, that'll be yeah. the most exciting thing. Yeah. Because um, you also have the long fallout of the Dominion War as well on Deep Space Nine from Deep Space Nine. 
Yeah. So this idea will partially come from <clears throat> the red letter media prediction that they did about a year ago when the show was first announced. Yeah. But um, I think they did say some interesting things about kind of uh, the options that you have, and w- one of them is to ignore that he's a seventy-eight-year-old man. Right. Get him in some action scenes and just like push the show being he's shooting things and he's blowing up ships and right maybe he gets onto a ship and he has to be the captain for some reason mm-hmm. kind of like happens to Kirk in the, in the in the film okay which film is that one of them um like that's one option yeah. but then the other option is you deal with him as like a broken man and yeah. he comes back like reluctantly because there's something that like only he can do. Can I say what I don't want from the show? Yeah, I, I yeah. So, um, they've announced the cast of the show. Okay, right? yeah, right. Who I don't really know, no. but um, and they've now these are just now there's a character breakdown. Character breakdowns for two of them. Now this is not official as far as I know. It's just are these casting breakdowns. Character breakdowns. Okay. So one of them is an actor played by an actor named Santiago Cabrera. Yep. As the as the pilot of Picard's ship and a skilled thief. Michelle Hurd as a former intelligence officer struggling with substance abuse. Now, oh boy. So that's now this is, that's the only two that we know. Okay. Cuz what I don't want I don't want like I don't want like Picard with a bunch of like inglorious bastards. It sounds like he's gonna be in you know? like a like a like on the Millennium Falcon. You know, <laughs> see, oh, oh, thank God, because I was thinking earlier today how I want to address this, and it's like I didn't, I don't want like, I don't want Picard walking into the, the cantina, trying to find need a, a ship. need a ship, and then you get Hans. I mean, we like Hans, but like somebody who's Han Solo, like it just, yeah. it's like I don't want him with a bunch of like. But here's the thing: with a bunch of like wisecracking kids. Here's one thing: who you know what I mean? That's interesting. If that I just, was, I, I, but if if they gave enough of a reason, yeah, why he had to do that because he couldn't trust Starfleet for some reason, or they didn't trust him, and he had no choice, that might be interesting. I mean, if he left Starfleet based on what was then, yeah, yeah. but obviously there's something big happens and he leaves the the vineyard, right? Not Martha's Martha's vineyard, but his vineyard. And goes to, and well, um, <laughs> just because we live in Boston doesn't mean I know. But everyone says yeah. the vineyard around ah, here, the vineyard, the vineyard, um, Nantucket. But that's, if he knows something's like going down that he needs to address, yeah. And I'm sure I, there was a way he could have, depending on the circumstances, he could have just told what, Starfleet. What, I know I retired, but listen, this is a big deal. Let's take care of it. Because what I'm saying, what I don't, be a reason. what I don't want in, and uh, this analogy, th- this may be the worst analogy because I'm not familiar with the show enough. I don't want like Firefly starring John Luke Picard. That was my other thought about it. Was Firefly? I don't want a crew. Lo- you know what I mean? Like, and I because and I I watched one episode. I just don't like it. I'm sorry. Yeah. Okay. Um, it's fair enough. I, I like can't it. be a Bronco. I apologize. I but, like it, but um, okay. I don't. I don't want a show like that. Yeah. Now, here I don't think it would be like that because we know Picard and he couldn't go that way. But when I say like that, I mean like, you know, characters like... But what if he's a thief with a heart of gold? <laughs> no, see, that sounds even more. It's like... I think that there will be a mean. Here's my thought. There are means to an end, but along the way he 
comes to like appreciate them on a different level. Perhaps, probably, because but... we know him. Like he's Picard. As much as he's he's not really all that open minded, as far as I mean, he is like a military dude. Like he's a service guy. He's you right. know he's got a like military corners on his bed every morning. Like, he doesn't. He's not. He's a very like by the numbers. Organized. She's saying. She's saying this breakdown that I had of one who's a skilled thief. Yeah, like there's got to be extreme circumstances that wind him up with those people because he's not the type to say, I don't mm. think even like, well, you're a thief, but you know, oh, you had to do it, or your intentions were good, or your grandma was sick, which should make no sense. stealing. Wait, from, no, a, no stealing from Federation stuff. How's he a thief if they don't have money? We money. You steal things. If I went to your house and stole stuff, I'd be a thief. Not as I, I know, but I'm just <laughs> I'm saying objects. In a in a in a world, well, no, Starfleet Earth doesn't have money. Right, we might not be on Earth. But there there are the vineyards are other there are there are other methods of currency that have been established in Trek before. Maybe so the don't vineyard's not real. Maybe it's a holodeck. Well, don't do that. What? No, it's real. It's real. <laughs> I'm just saying it's, it's possible. It's, it's, why, why would that not be real? Because that puts him on Earth. He's got to be on Earth for the vineyard. Right. Why is he on so Earth? So why are the thieves on Earth? It's we've seen ten seconds of a trailer. <laughs> like that. Could, no, no, you just told me that. No, 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 no. When season two of Discovery trailer came out, we saw a trailer from the first episode. Yeah. And that was it. Yeah. yeah. That's that. That could be from. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Be on, that could just be shot for that promo. Well, that would be very disappointing. Right? I mean, well, I mean, Picard's known for the vineyard shit, so it's like... Yeah, but if they don't have the vineyard in the show, come on. Well, fine, but like... Which brings us to the It has dog. to begin with him, at least at the vineyard, before the, you know, Perhaps. adventure to begin. But yes, so, go on about the dog. Wait, but first, what, what do you think? Do you think he finds out about something and Starfleet won't address it so he has to enlist these people because he knows he's the only one that can do it? I think he's going to encounter them by very stupid circumstances. Like, the 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 skilled thief is going to, you know, crash his ship into the vineyard and be like, oh, hey! Or like, you know... Steal his grapes. The substance abuse could be somebody... She could be an alcoholic stealing all his wine or something like that. I don't know. And then, you know... Did she possibly remind you of the character from... Um, You view you listeners can't see his hand motions. The film that I like and the name is just not in my brain right now. I, First contact. Oh, uh, Al, no. no. I know it's not her. I'm just saying. No, I, I I don't view it that way. One. The vibe, because remember they were all drunks. You know she has a substance abuse problem. Yeah. Well, after a nuclear war, why wouldn't you? I'd want to be drunk too if I was still alive. Yeah. Um, okay. Also, we got this Allison Pill who looks like a 10-year-old or 8-year-old. It's another one of the... Yeah, like, I don't want him with a bunch of kids. It's like... That's what you're going to get. I don't... I'd like to see him with Tilly. That'd be pretty awesome. (laughs) Um, But, look. Well, so, I think this is interesting. We, We... I didn't know about those characters, but I could say... What I read, though, I mean, that's not even official. Right, okay. The casting is official, but those character breakdowns oh, okay. are not, so... Do you know if they have the casting call, or call, where they describe, like, we're looking for someone, like... Well, that's where, the, that's, that's where this came from, oh. I think, so... Okay. Yeah, because yeah. it'll be, like, 
early twenties. Could just be like a line on that one. Or roguish something like good looks, because usually yeah. they try to they try to like yeah. steer you wrong on those for these type of things. Right. And care. Again, this uh, I'm hoping this is wrong. Yeah. Yeah. So let's assume but they have officially announced those cast members, though they just haven't broken yeah. down who the characters are yet. So officially, and I think we'll know that. We'll hopefully know that. I'm assuming the entire cast will be there at Comic Con. So right. So yeah. imagine that something happens, and he has to, even though he he like swore off Starfleet. Yep. He goes to Starfleet to like try to talk to them about whatever it is that's happening, mm-hmm. and then they do this thing. You lost your faith in us. Why did you leave Starfleet? He's like, that doesn't matter. What matters right now is X. And then they're like, we don't care what you have to say, sir. Good day. <laughs> and then he enlists these well, people. Well, you go fuck yourself. Yeah. <laughs> and then, yeah, so he, he beats these people. I mean, that's the only thing that makes sense for him to be with those people. But yeah, it's, is, it's, it's, he's going to... Very interesting. Substance abuse, He's going to do... He's, no, he's going to do what Kirk does in Search for Spock. He, he needs to get back to Genesis. He goes to Starfleet, asks. They say no, so he takes matters into his own hands and steals the Enterprise. Yeah. And he doesn't steal the Enterprise. He just... He doesn't... Yeah. Gets a trip. Trades... <laughs> he trades wine for a ride. Um, okay, the dog. He sighs. The dog's name is number one, which I love. It's a nice touch. Great. Here's the thing with the dog. <laughs> so the dog is clearly a pit bull, which yeah. I have no problems with pit bulls. Mm. Uh, I, so my wife and I do a lot of dog sitting in our home because we don't have a dog, but we love dogs. So we love pit bulls. Sit pit bulls. We love them. The name of the Twitter feed for this is Picard's Doggo. Yeah, so like we said, that dog better have a... Big roll, or it's going to seem weird. So that dog is a pit bull. Now, that dog's ears have been cut. Explain this to me. What do you, what do you mean when you say when you say that? So you like pit bulls? Yeah. So, yeah. But this pit bull has its ears cut. Now, right. the reasons for cutting ears are a couple of things. One, people just think it looks cooler. Because pit bulls have sort of floppy ears, right? Mm-hmm. Floppy ears don't look very tough. Yeah. People, they want to have a tough pit bull, which a lot of people do. And I think this is the issue with a lot of pit bulls is people get a pit bull yep. and they want it to be this tough, badass dog. So they treat it like shit. Mm-hmm. And that's why it becomes tough. And that's why it bites somebody. And then the whole breed gets a bad So you don't like the fact that it has these short pointed ears. Right. So it has cut ears. But it's a Vulcan dog. Hold on. <laughs> Perhaps. But uh, so those the ears get cut for just to make it look more badass. Or if yours is a fighting dog, you don't want the other dog to be able to grab the ear and hold onto it. So you cut them down so that they don't have anything to grab onto. Now, I don't think Picard would be a you know in the illicit dog fighting uh, racket. Mm. So it seems weird. Now, what I hope is that maybe he rescued it from someone who was doing something shitty with dogs, but. On the face of it, so evolved. On the face of it, just what I hope is not happening is that the creators of the show said, "Well, we want to show that like he's badass now, so let's give him like a dog that's badass." And then they're like, "All right, yeah, we'll get people." And then because it's like, you know, you gotta think about. Like I said, I say this a lot, but the little details matter. Yeah. And they do. That's why I like the the, co- the tax is number one. And the fact that in Discovery, like I said, the thing that scared me was when I heard that they made the Enterprise uniforms and they didn't put any rank stripes on the sleeves oh, until right. like the day before they shot because nobody thought of it. And I thought, wow, they're really not paying attention to detail. And I hope that's not the case here. I hope that there's a reason that Picard has a pit bull with cut ears. Right. 
So that's what I have to say. Because, you know, when you only get, especially when you only get a little bit of information, and think, dogs are important. Like, right. um, well, in Discovery, those Enterprise uniforms are just basically reskins of the Discovery uniforms color, and they don't have rank stripes, so. No, no, when they did the, the Enterprise uniforms. No, I know that, but yeah, they yeah. were using Discovery uniforms. They were the same pattern. They're just oh, colored. Yeah. And the Discovery uniforms aren't up stripes, so it's like, hmm. Yeah, well, you know. I know. <laughs> then they made ref- they made comment but to it. You have to, to, you know. I get it. Do I costume, it. but also like look at Porthos, right? Another famous Star Trek dog. Uh-huh. So, his cut? No, and look at him. He's a little beagle, and he's so cute, and he's got the little floppy ears. And he's adorable, mm-hmm. right? So, the choice of the pet for your character tells you about the character. If you got like a cute little papa like Porthos, says what does that tell about you about Archer? It tells me he's like, so first off, beagles are very super common dogs. So it tells me like he's a regular dude, right? Mm-hmm. He, they're very like, they're not fancy or expensive. Right. So they tell me, oh, he's like, a, he's, a, he's one of us. He's a he's an everyman. And okay. also, he's got this little dog. It's like really cute. So, you know, he's not too much of a tough guy because he's got this cute little dog. He definitely wasn't. He, was, he got beat up a lot in that yeah. So. Kirk would have a pit bull. Yeah, I don't know. Kirk would be a golden retriever. No, Kirk would be a pit bull, man. Um, yeah, so that's all I'm saying. I just hope that there was some thought put into the show. So, with regard to the show, I think Wait, that... now, you sigh every time I talk about the dog. Tell me what you think about it. No, I, it's just that... Mm, no, I, I don't want to. Please. I don't want to. Now, for anyone that isn't um, your listener, I'm also... A teacher, and I teach English language arts. Mm. So obviously, I love dogs and I, I'm I looking for symbolism in everything. Right. No, I, I don't. I, I don't. I don't want to. I don't want to. Um, explain. Um, uh, okay. No problem. No pressure. So, what I think is cool about the show coming, well, about Picard coming back is, you know, as we were saying earlier, you know, Next Gen took place. Two other Trek shows took place during the time of Next Gen, which is, you know, still the case with Picard. So what does that mean? You know, we could, yeah, theoretically, we Picard could visit Deep Space Nine. We could see those characters again. We could see characters from Voyager again. Right. Now, let me be clear. That's not what I want this show to be. I don't yeah. want it to just be like a greatest hits of... Yeah. Let's bring. It would have to make sense, right? But I think the big question is: if anybody, who, well, any or who are we going to see from next generation? Well, that's what I was going to say. Because so that would make the most sense. If anybody is going to appear first, it's going to be the next generation cast, like hands down. Right? Do you think yeah. it will be Jordy in keeping it with the what we saw in the future? Maybe. I mean, that'd be cool. Possibly. Uh, I know that Jonathan Frakes, who plays Riker, did direct the first, the episodes three and four, so they're four episodes, at least four episodes in shooting. Do you think Frakes would be in his own episode? I don't think so. Personally. I could see him doing a voiceover for it, like Picard talking to Riker or something. I don't know. They could just use that same clip of him? Yeah. <laughs> shaven and right. startled? What? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I, maybe not in the first season, but I think you will see them eventually. I think you got to. It would be weird, don't you? I don't think they would go to the well so quickly. And they're so much younger than him, most of them, so it would make sense. Right. 
So I think though it would be weird not to, depending on the circumstance. It, it's too tempting not. To, it's too tempting. I think. I to, think though they they could do, do it, it well. No, they definitely. That's what I'm saying. It has to make sense. Yeah. In the storyline. But like what we know of Picard. It made so I much think, sense that in the future, as soon as he has a problem, what does he do? He reaches out to one of them. So unless they give us a real compelling reason why he wouldn't, right? It would seem strange. Maybe he'll go to them first before they. He'll go to them first before he goes to the. To these crew of renegades. Yeah, but are they going to turn him down? Maybe I don't know. Okay. Or maybe like after the first season, he'll be like, "I shouldn't have been listening to you. I'm just going to go back to my crew." <laughs> <laughs> and then it just becomes Next Generation 2.0 at that point, from season two, <laughs> right. on, which I'd be fine with. Um, yeah, I mean, I think that, you know, Riker and Troy are married at this point. Data is no longer whoa, with whoa, us. Whoa, what? Really? They got married in Nemesis. Data is not with us. He died, but his brother okay. B4 is with us and has all of Data's memories. Um, Crusher is... And I'm just going by what happened at the end of Nemesis. Crusher went to become head of Starfleet Medical. Geordi stayed aboard the Enterprise. It's not clear what... Worf was Klingon ambassador at the end of Deep Space Nine, and he... Yeah. It's not really said in Nemesis if he still is. But Jordy so, could be anywhere. Jordy, Right. Right. So. Wait, what was Riker doing? He got promoted to captain and became captain of the Titan at the end of Nemesis. And okay. Troy went with him. So at this point, he could be an admiral. Right. Yeah. Um, what about O'Brien? O'Brien was on Deep Space Nine. I know. And when that show ended, he went back to the Academy to teach. Oh, cool. And we do see him at the academy, don't we, Ricard? It seems like it, will, it, seem it seems like to be. Yeah. Imagine yeah. O'Brien is the only one we see. That'd be interesting. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we're in a very yeah. Jane in ne- Captain Janeway was in Nemesis. She's an admiral, a vice admiral in Nemesis. So um, yeah. Other than that, it's not. Aside from the people I mentioned, it's not uh, clear what happened. You know. What's Seven of Nine doing? What's how's she adapting to life on Earth? How you know where's mm. where's Julian? Where's Bashir? Is he still aboard DS Nine? Right? Like yeah, this is, we could. And I think my theory is that if we're going to see anybody first, it's going to be the next generation cast, right? But who? But who? Yeah, but I have no doubt they'll maybe name drop things because Discovery was good about name dropping stuff. Yeah. So, you think they'll deal with the marriage of? I think that we'll get Picard and we'll Crusher. Get a, we'll get a Deep Space Nine reference. Do you think we'll get a Crusher ex-wife reference? I, I don't know. You know, did they get married? Who knows? Mm-hmm. Yeah, let's anybody discuss. You think you get a Deep Space Nine reference? Really? I mean, it could just come from conversation. Like somebody will say, you know, I just I got met, back from Deep Space Nine. I've gotten to, like that person who uh, is a thief. Like, oh, you know, I was. I was thrown into the brig when I was visiting Deep Space Nine because I got into a fight with, you know. <laughs> this guy with big ears. It could be something like that, right? Yeah. It yeah. could be something as minuscule as that, so. Um, yeah. Yeah. I think, right, I think we will. But, um, yeah, it'd be nice to sort of add. I mean, it's like I was saying with back when in the, in the season finale of Discovery, the first season when the Enterprise showed up, it's like, and they're talking about Pike. I'm just like, remember I was like, oh, you know, think of it like a Wikipedia article, like, we're going to get more info on Christopher Pike, more info on the Enterprise. Like, there's more history you can add to things that we know. Yeah. Um, but again, like, I don't want the show to be... A, that's not what the show has to be about. Right, right, right. That would have to make sense. Yeah, that would make sense for TV today. But the thing I do look forward to, and you and I talk about it's a lot... It's too tempting to not do that. Is 
seeing more of Earth. Because mm. we rarely get to see Earth. Right. In the, you know, Federation time. Yeah, we had a whole conversation about this on yeah. the, the Discovery episode, didn't we? Like, what's, what, is, what is life like for the average citizen on Earth? Yeah, so we don't get much of it. Right. Officially. Right. But yeah, but I hope you see more of Earth. I mean, we see... Yeah, hope you see Earth. We must, because unless that's a holographic... Yeah, like, what does this street I'm on, we are on right now, what does this look right, like, in the, 20, like in the 24th century? I want to know. I'm sure what does Somerville, book. Massachusetts look like in the 24th yeah. century? I'm sure there's a book, but I, I don't trust that. Yeah. I think the best thing that we have for that is the, uh, the Roddenberry written intro to the motion picture mm. uh, novelization. Which we need to do a podcast episode on the 40th anniversary of this year. Yes. Um, all right, we're hitting so, bonus content. But, so, so Comic-Con is next week, I believe. So I think we're going to have so. more info. Trek is definitely going to be there. Um, we're going to have lots more info on Picard, I assume. I'm, you know, I, I'm, I have no doubt they'll release a new trailer. They'll probably let us know when it's... They'll probably give us the release date. Mm-hmm. I think we'll even know more info on the animated series, Lower Decks, which we don't like nothing about. No branding, no nothing. Yeah. And um, just sort of like, because the whole panel, it's in the famous Hall H. It's the Star Trek oh, Universe panel. Oh, that's a big panel. one. Yeah, so it's the Star Trek Universe panel. So I think aside from... We're going to probably get a Discovery update. Yeah, so I think aside from uh, Picard, we'll get a update on Trek, all of Trek. State um, of Trek. In general. Really yeah. interesting. Um, I think as far as we know with Discovery, they're filming season three begins this month. And I think they're going to be in Iceland. That makes something in Iceland, yeah. Sorry, alien. So, yeah. Well, maybe, perhaps we should do a quick, uh, maybe a short episode after we find out whatever we find out. Yeah, I definitely want to follow up with this after we, you know, because, if, again, if they release a new trailer and we'll get more info on, like, sort of the, on what's going on, then we can at least follow up with um, everything we talked about tonight. Yes, well. I mean, even like I said, like, it'd be interesting to listen to this episode, of, you know, a year from now. Jeez, it'd, it'd be interesting to listen to what we say a week from now. <laughs> yeah. What we, uh. What we find out, so yeah. Well, it's always fun to mindlessly or speculate, yeah, and pick apart the evidence. But mm-hmm. you know, our podcasts are not usually pure speculation. Usually, we're analyzing what we see. Yeah, no, we've done speculative ones in the past too. So yeah, we announce it when we're doing speculation. We've done speculative ones, you know, before season two of Discovery began. So yeah, we did a few actually. Really, we did one after post Comic Con. We did like a news roundup one. Yeah. Okay. We did. We did quite. A, we did quite a few. We did like maybe two, I think, before the season began. So, nice. um, and then we reviewed the short trucks. Nice. So, oh, which incidentally, oh, it's going to be short trucks. Incidentally, I forgot about that. Um, unrelated, but um, yeah. So there is a short trek coming apparently with Ethan Peck as Spock and Rebecca Romaine as number one. I heard about this. So, is this a tease for what my ultimate hope is? <laughs> Who knows? I don't think it's ever going to happen. I. That's my. Stance. Staying, I'm staying hopeful. I know. Staying hopeful. They didn't build that bridge set for nothing. Spent all that money on that bridge set for just using two episodes. And convert it into. I know it gets. They'll make it the Yorktown. It can get other use. The Yorktown bridge would have looked like that. Um. So I guess I mean we'll kind of play this by ear, but if we find out anything, I guess we'll be back a week from tonight. Would that be? Yeah, I think if they do it on Friday or Saturday, which they probably will. When is when? Do, what is the date of Comic Con? Uh, I think it's Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, maybe. This was over a weekend, right? I guess we could always just Google when is Star Trek at Comic Con. Yeah, we could do that as well, <laughs> um, just to kind of make this easier. But Comic Con. 
Excuse our uh, Google at yeah. the moment. Um, I'm pretty sure it's always mid-July, so I'm pretty sure it's next week. It's definitely next week. Enter the Star Trek Universe panel, Hall H, Saturday, July 20th, 11.30 a.m. to 1 p.m. Perfect. Oh, so we could just be, like, fresh off of it. Yeah, we'll watch it in the morning, and then... It'll be... Well, that's 11, it. p- that's 11 a.m. West Coast time. Uh, yeah. So it'll be 2 p.m. our time. Yeah, no. yeah. It'll be, yeah. Yeah. Um, okay, Star Trek Discovery cast scheduled to appear includes Sonequa Martin-Green alongside executive producers Alex Kurtzman, Michelle Paradis. Paradis. That's a very Heather odd last Kadin, name. <laughs> and series guest Tig Notaro moderating the discussion. That's weird. Star Trek Lower Decks will feature co-creator and executive producer Mike McMahon. And surprising <laughs> guests sharing an exclusive first look at the upcoming animated series. Star Trek Picard cast members will come together for the series first, Comic-Con. The panel will feature Sir Patrick Stewart, Allison Pill. And that's all at 11 a.m.? Michelle Hurd, yeah. Evan Evagorsa, Issa Briones, Santiago Cabrera, and Harry Treadway, alongside executive producers Alex Kurtzman... Michael Chabon, Akiva Goldsman, and Heather Kadeen. Kadeen. Do you want to do one? As CBS has done in the past, there will be other Trek events at and around Comic Con, including a new gallery display, Jean Display, Jean Luc Picard, the first duty exhibit. So props and crap. Probably. So most likely, we will record something fresh off of the what they do next week. So. Yes, because it sounds great. It does. So let's um, oh, wow. let's uh, I think we should wrap this dog and pony show up and call this a uh, successful recording, first recording of our uh, best of both worlds, a yes. Star Trek Picard. Thank you for listening. Podcast. And we and look forward to. You can tweet to us at Picard's Doggo. And again, as a reminder, but you know, I don't think I need to remind you because all of you all be listening to this, obviously. But all episodes of this podcast will be living in the uh, in Discovery We Trust podcast feed, and will just be branded as such, so you'll know that it's a Picard yes. podcast. So, um, and then I know we haven't really said anything on Lower Decks, but you know, maybe there'll be a podcast. Depends what it is. Depends what it is. We it's too early to even say right. Yeah. Now, right. Um, yeah, because we don't know what it is. My hope is our next podcast is the Captain Pike series. <laughs> I will do that podcast by myself if I have to. Oh, I'll watch it. I just don't think it's gonna happen. Yeah. That's all. So, all right, we will be back. Maybe next weekend. Thanks for listening. Send us your um, complaints, questions, encouragement at Picard's Doggo on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Picard's Dog O D O G G O. They're not slang. Doggo. Alright, LLAP. Peace out.